Hello, welcome to another episode of Objective Health. I'm your host Doug, and with me, not really in the studio, but remote studio, are Tiff and Erica. Hello, hi. So today, we are going to be talking about the keto diet, but specifically something that's been in the news recently, well, the news recently, um, is Keto Crotch. This horrific, yeah. <laughs> this horrific side effect of the ketogenic diet that is rocking the keto world. I'm being sarcastic, of course. Uh, just for a little bit of background here, um, we've been experimenting with the ketogenic diet for many years now. Um, experimenting in different ways with our diets, you know, paleo diet, ketogenic diet, carnivore diet. Um, and one thing that we've noticed over this whole time of us doing um, this kind of experimentation is um, how often the mainstream media seems to disparage the ketogenic diet or the low-carb diet. Uh, it seems like every couple of weeks you've got something hitting the news cycle that's talking about something terrible about the ketogenic diet and why you should never, ever do it. And it's like our experiences on the diet have all been, like for the most part, quite beneficial I mean, you know, sometimes yeah. there's some troubleshooting and things that you have to kind of take care of. But overall, it's a beneficial thing. I mean, it helps you lose weight. Uh, mental clarity is much better. Uh, not even to mention things like uh, like disease states, like uh, diabetes, um, even cancer, autoimmune conditions, all these different things that are that are so beneficial. And there's lots of like science out there to kind of back it up as well. So it's really strange that the mainstream media seems obsessed with disparaging the the ketogenic diet in some way. And the latest in this whole thing is keto crotch. Now, if you've been paying attention at all or if you pay attention to kind of terrible, uh, not in fact news sites, you'll have seen these headlines everywhere talking about keto crotch. Oh, a side effect, uh, an unfortunate side effect of the ketogenic diet is keto crotch. And basically they describe it as an odor or a discharge or all these sorts of things, mostly applied to women. Although some articles would actually say, well, it applies to men too. You know, how convenient. They, uh, nobody is safe from this horrific side effect. It's a scourge. Scourge. It's a scourge. It makes me wonder, like, why would they pick keto crotch specifically? I mean, because there's been lots of negative things said about the ketogenic diet, but I'm guessing it's because there's not any hard science to look through. The average person can look at it and go, yuck, and it makes an immediate impression. Mm hmm it's purient, it's juvenile, and it makes people giggle like, ew, that's so nasty. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's so childish. And yeah. I guess that is just indicative of how low we have gone as yeah. a society <laughs> where yeah. you can't disparage the ketogenic diet on any real health uh, merits. So you're going to like go below the belt and talk about smelly vaginas. Yeah, literally below the belt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I mean, the thing is like they, they, they do all the time you see, they'll be reporting on studies or something like that. And they're always really poorly con constructed studies that say, oh, mm -hmm. the ketogenic diet will take four years off of your life. Or the ketogenic diet will um, cause heart disease or all these different kinds of things. And it's like, the studies are really poorly constructed. They just like, you know, do them. They're epidemiological studies, which means that they are just looking at a population and they can't actually imply causation from those uh, results, but they do anyway. They say the ketogenic diet will cause this. And, mm -hmm. you know, but they get their headline, right? Because most people reading, they might not even read the entire article, let alone go back to the study and actually take a look at it. Like most people don't have... The, the kind of, you know, education required, even like self-education to be able to decode a study or something. So all they get is their headline. And then that makes its way through the news cycle and people just see, oh, the ketogenic diet um, takes years off your life. Okay, well, I guess I'm not going to do that because that would be stupid. But, it you know, really and plays then, into people's vanity too. Yeah. For, for women in particular. Yeah. The, uh, you know, the whole 
keto crotch thing and then also the acne references or mm -hmm. the lack of good healthy sleep causing insomnia it's almost really based on this whole vain perception mm -hmm. playing into women's fears mm -hmm. yeah big time in fact there was an article and maybe you can pull that up damien it was from diet doctor um and in that article uh the author was talking about how there was a study done where they were looking at the fears that men have versus what women have and men obviously it was penis size right it's kind of like the the, the biggest fear of a man um getting kind of ridiculed by his partner would be based on his penis size but for a woman it's odor it's the idea that a man would be turned off by the odor down there so it is playing exactly on what you know a, a woman's fear you know, and I mean, you know, it yeah. applies, you know, since they're saying it applies to men too, I'm sure men don't want that, even though it might not be their greatest fear, but it's, it really is, it's playing into vanity, but it's also like what someone would be, would be most concerned with. Yeah. It's also playing into the hyper-sexualized society that we live in. If everybody's like ultra concerned with hooking up and having a sex partner, you definitely don't want to be stinking down there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, Dr. Ken Barry actually did a, a video on this. Um, and he was just kind of addressing it because I think one of the most important things that we can say is that keto crotch is not a thing. It doesn't, it doesn't exist. It's like they, they, they've just created it out of nothing. I think all the references went back to um, posts on Reddit or something it's like a you know over the course of five years there's been like a couple of posts yeah two posts is what i two. saw yeah on the reddit so, oh and my god it's a scourge. One, yeah at least if the second one was it like well timed in order to bring this whole keto crotch thing to the fore but yeah, yeah. that's a good point actually how legit are those <laughs> how legit is that post at least the most le recent one but mm -hmm. um it, it's, I mean, all the time that I've been low carb, that we've been low carb, you know, I've never encountered this. Like I've been on forums, I've been in Facebook groups, I've been all over the place and I have never come across this, this idea of keto crush that it causes like, some kind of, sorry? It's not like people on forums don't talk about the things that they experience with great detail. I mean, yeah. they talk about their bathroom habits quite a bit with keto. So why would they not talk about any kind of odors that yeah. they notice that sprung up right after they started doing keto? Yeah, exactly. And that's actually where the, the video from uh, Dr. Barry is actually really good because he's a doctor, you know, and he has people on the ketogenic diet. So a doctor is going to know, <laughs> you know what I mean? His patients <laughs> certainly wouldn't hold back if they were like, uh, doc, you know, this diet you got me on. It's uh, causing some problems down there, so maybe we should mm -hmm. uh, we should play that. And if uh, at any point we want to talk about something, we can kind of pause it. Hey, this is Dr. Barry. Let's talk for just a few minutes about keto crotch. Okay, uh, I wasn't not going to make a video about this, but I had so many people reach out to me on social media who had seen the news articles. You may have seen this in some of the bigger women's magazines in the world. Uh, this basically came out of nowhere. And so now all of a sudden there's articles that appear virtually simultaneously in all of these women's magazines about keto crotch and how eating the ketogenic way might lead to changes down there in odor or discharge or other things. And so I wanted to talk about this and, and, and let you know my experience with my patients at the clinic and what I think about keto crotch in general. So if, for those of you who don't know me, I am a board certified family physician. I've been practicing for almost 20 years in my small clinic in Tennessee. I see men and women of all ages. And so I have taken care of women for decades with chronic recurrent yeast infections, chronic recurrent uh, bladder infections, chronic cystitis, both infectious and just inflammatory and autoimmune. And so I was, I was broadly trained in family medicine 
I delivered a bunch of babies in during my residency training. I've done a lot of office gynecology in my decades in the clinic. And so I feel like I'm kind of, and then plus I am a, a keto uh, friendly doctor. So I feel like I'm uniquely qualified to speak about this. So let's talk about this. So what the, the whole premise of this is, is that if you cut too many carbohydrates out of your diet, you might get something called keto crotch, which they describe as uh, itching discharge and a change in odor. And so let, let's talk about that and, and see if this makes any sense or not. So really, there are three big things which can change a woman's discharge or odor, and they are uh, a yeast infection, a bacterial infection of the, the, the vagina, or a yeast or, or bacterial infection in the bladder, or an infection or inflammation of the bladder. And then there are also some autoimmune conditions of the vagina as well that can lead to changes in discharge and odor. So the premise behind these articles is that if you eat not enough carbohydrates, somehow magically that'll make these things happen. But here's the problem. I've been treating just these kinds of conditions in the office for far over a decade. And what I've noticed is as more and more of my female patients convert to the ketogenic way of eating, women who used to have to come in three times a year for a yeast infection, they don't have to come in anymore. The yeast infections have gone away since they've cut the carbohydrates. Women who used to have chronic bladder infections multiple times a year don't have those infections anymore. And, and these yeast infections and bladder infections are very, very common in diabetic women, right? If you have type 2 diabetes or type 1 diabetes, if your blood sugar stays chronically high, you're much more likely to have a bladder infection, vaginitis or vaginosis. You're much more likely to get all those. And so as my more and more of my female population in my practice has gone keto or at least low carb, all those things have gone away. Instead of having six yeast infections a year, they have one a year. Instead of having 12 bladder infections a year, they have one or two a year, if any. Uh, I've had women with chronic severe cystitis that's not infectious it's just an autoimmune or inflammatory condition go completely away eating keto now when you read these articles carefully you'll notice that they say well there's really hasn't been any medical research about this and really no doctors have stepped forward and talked about this so i guess i'm the first doctor in the world to talk about keto crotch uh, evidently and i guess that there's some honor in that or not. But my point is, is that these women who are getting chronic yeast infections, vaginal infections, vaginosis, bladder infections, bladder inflammation, they all get better when you cut the carbs. There's nothing about the ketogenic way of eating that's going to make you have. Yeah, I just thought that that was kind of an important point to to say is that it seems that um, if anything, the ketogenic diet or lowering your carbs actually seems to correct these problems. And I mean, that's the, the kind of a, the experience that, well, I haven't personally had, but I've, I've read about in the past. And it makes sense, too, when you think about um, bacterial infections in general, particularly candida, um, that it tends to feed on sugar, right? So mm -hmm. it makes sense that if you're lowering the amount of sugar that you're eating, that these problems are going to kind of at least get better. If you're not eating the thing that feeds the yeast or the bacteria, then there's going to be less of it, if not get rid of it altogether. I mean, to get rid of candida, like essentially for years, decades, the advice has always been to lower your sugar input. The candida diet is a low sugar uh -huh. diet. So I think it, it makes sense in that respect. So anyway... And continue on with well, Dr. Barry. Oh. For not just yeast infections, but also bacterial infections, where certain bacteria start to uh, outnumber, like say the bad bacteria starts to outnumber the good bacteria. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is influenced by diet as well. And it's just so strange how all of a sudden this came out when the keto diet has been popular. For how long? For years? I mean, mm -hmm. it's gaining in popularity along with the carnivore diet. And this mm -hmm. is the first I've ever heard of this symptom. Yeah, this yeah. particular symptom that's just running through the ketogenic community. I mean, it's <laughs> just so obviously... 
propaganda. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back to Dr. Barry here. Have vaginitis, vaginitis or vaginosis. It just makes no sense whatsoever. And so I went and I, got, I looked at a few of these magazines in the bookstore. And the funniest thing, there was a, a, a very funny pattern. Each magazine that had a big story about keto crotch also had a full page ad for Weight Watchers. And I, I found that very curious as well, uh, that this just came out of nowhere, just as Weight Watchers profits are, are, are hitting the tank. So rest assured, in my medical opinion, and in everybody else who, who is a, an MD, uh, or a, an advanced practice nurse or a physician's assistant, we see less and less things that could give you changes in odor and discharge when you eat keto. You don't get more of that. You get much, much less than that. And if you also lose some weight in the progress, then congratulations. So I think keto crotch is just the latest myth that the, the big publishing houses who get a lot of their ad dollars from Weight Watchers and Biggest Loser and Jenny Craig, they would love for you to stop eating keto. And so if they can scare you with the latest scare tactic, which is keto crotch, then their job, they're successful, and they're going to get more ad dollars from the big carbohydrate-pushing weight loss uh, weight loss programs. And so I don't think keto crotch is a thing. I've had exactly zero complaints from women who are eating keto about any of these symptoms. Not a single woman has come to the clinic and saying, since I started keto, I've got keto crotch. I haven't heard that a single time, and I don't expect I will. Now, women who eat way too many carbohydrates do have chronic yeast infections, chronic bladder infections, and also inflammation in these areas as well, even without infection. And so if you'd like to decrease your yeast infections and you'd like to decrease your bacterial infections and you'd like to decrease your inflammation, I would recommend that you absolutely uh, explore the ketogenic way of eating because that's going to help you do those things. Now, if you enjoyed this video and you'd like to see more like them, please consider subscribing can, uh, to my channel. There, There's a little subscribe. Yeah. So a couple of things to mention there. Um, one is that Dr. Barry is not alone in this. There's been a number of kind of professionals coming forward and saying that keto crotch is not actually a thing. Um, I'll just read a couple of examples there. These were from tweets. Um, Dr. Jason Fung, who's uh, big on the intermittent fasting keto diet thing, he said, interesting how I treat hundreds of people a week for six years and have never heard of the phantom keto crotch. Uh, Dominic D'Angostino, who is also a big uh, keto researcher, said, uh, I had like 10 people ask me about this the other day and had no idea what they were talking about until I saw it, until I saw it was the top keto story. It's sad what journalists do to get more hits on their story. Dr. Liz Lamb says, I see about 30 crotches per day and have never and have seen some disturbing things, but never keto crotch. So. Dr. Barry is not alone in this. Um, there are clearly a number of people who are rather perplexed by the headlines, um, understandably so. Yeah. But, I think uh, another thing that comes into it, though, is that there are a lot of advertising dollars behind maintaining the status quo and supporting you know, big food companies that sell carbohydrate. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the keto pharma yeah. too. And the the keto diet or carnivore people, we don't have like massive advertising dollars behind us where we could, no. you know, start some campaign. Like you never hear of an ad being sponsored by one of the big beef companies about <laughs> how eating a lot of sugar or a lot of carbs will lead to carb crotch. Or <laughs> 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 they should. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And uh Yeah, another thing is that like if you are eating a diet higher in carbohydrates or higher in sugar, you might have more instances where you come down with infections in which you need to take antibiotics and taking antibiotics in themselves can cause yeast infections or bacterial infections. So either way you look at it, it's whether it's the medicine that causes it or if it's the diet and the medicine, either way, a uh, ketogenic diet is going to help you function better down below. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, it's interesting about the whole advertising thing. There was a thread on uh, Twitter, actually, um, done by a guy named John Zahorik, who is... I don't know much about him, actually, but he... Um, just a, a Twitter user who's a keto keto guy. I think he's he's done like a lot of kind of independent research on it and stuff. And he did. Oh yeah, Damien's pulled up the thread there. Um, he did an entire thread on it where he it just starts off saying I can't sleep, um, you know, because there's there's so much um, information that he he just did like a, a really deep dive on the whole keto crotch thing to kind of figure out where exactly this was coming from, because uh, there was what was it 28 article or 28 unique articles in five days something yeah. like that 28 unique articles in five days um like all just sprang up all of a sudden it's like this keto crotch thing it just came out of nowhere so he did this really deep dive on it and came up with a lot of really interesting connections but one of them in particular is that um there's a certain pr firm called edelman digital and they have some big clients. They've got Coca-Cola, Kellogg's, Barilla, who is a, a company that not a lot of people have necessarily heard of, but they're a massive pasta giant. Uh, like 3.5 billion euros is what their kind of estimated yeah. worth is. And um, and they're, they're terrible. They're notoriously bad for... Um, basically pushing a vegan agenda. They come out with all these studies, once again, um, talking about how pasta is great for your health and will help you lose weight. But um, Edelman Digital... They um, also were one of the supporters of the Eat Lancet study, which wants to push yes. a vegan or vegetarian diet. So yeah. not necessarily a neutral source there. Exactly. But Edelman Digital also um, recently... Uh, took on Weight Watchers as their client. And you heard uh, Dr. Barry talking about them in um, in the video where he said that every single magazine he picked up that was talking about Keto Crotch also had a full-page ad for Weight Watchers. Well, how about that? Isn't that interesting? And uh, they took on... Edelman took on Weight Watchers in September of last year. And then all of a sudden... Like two weeks ago, these uh, these keto crotch stories start showing up. And another thing interesting about Weight Watchers is, and Damien, maybe again you can pull up the article on this one, but Weight Watchers has been um, tanking recently because mm -hmm. of uh, well, they say it's because of the keto diet, and basically it was a headline well, on the. Weight Watchers doesn't work. Well, yeah. <laughs> over the long. Term. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah, they're gonna blame. Well, the Weight Watchers CEO, um, what was her name, Mendy Grossman, called it the keto surge. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean, they were basically um, saying, I mean, I, I don't know that they necessarily know for sure that that's why their, st their, their stock is tanking. Um, <clears throat> but uh, apparently uh, Weight Watchers has lost 80% of their stock value since like last July. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, essentially, I think it's because it doesn't work. But, you know, it's been around for, what, like 30 years or something like that? I don't actually know how long they've been around. Long, but a long time. Yeah, very, very long time. And all of a sudden, they're tanking, despite having Oprah as their, like, main spokesperson at the moment. So, and investor. Yeah, and investor, yeah. Yeah, they probably shouldn't have picked Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, She's the queen of yo-yo dieting. I mean, she's not really a, a someone that you want at the helm. I mean, she has a certain social cachet, of course, because she's Oprah. Mm -hmm. But as far as what the brand is trying to push and weight loss, you don't want Oprah being your spokesperson. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. I mean, the thing is about the the Weight Watchers spokespeople like you notice that they change them every couple of years and it's like you mm -hmm. know well maybe they're just you know trying to have a variety of of different people but I don't think so I think it's because on the Weight Watchers program you inevitably gain the weight back because it's all calorie counting right that's that's basically yeah. what it is it's fancy calorie counting 
So you restrict your calories, your body goes into starvation mode, and you gain the weight back. It's and pretty it's simple. still heavy on carbs. Like they sell like little Weight Watchers snack bars and, you know, uh, desserts and all of that. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're still eating all of that, you're never going to get to a point where you get rid of those cravings and you actually start to burn fat and lose weight. And yep. if you're calorie restricted, I mean, willpower is not infinite. Eventually, you're going to cave and you're going to eat if you're hungry all the time. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a flawed model, essentially, what is it? what it is. You know, they've been around for like 30 years, but it doesn't work. But all of a sudden now they're tanking probably because an actual alternative, like, I mean, I'm sure their stock has fluctuated over the years, right? Like a new fad diet comes out and, oh, Weight Watchers has gone down a little bit. But then, you know, when that fad diet kind of runs its course because it doesn't work, then people go back to this kind of old standby because they've got a lot of money behind them and they're um, a huge corporation, have all these fancy spokes models and all these kinds of things. So, but now it seems like there's an actual real threat. And I think that's probably because the keto diet is actually effective. You know, that people Mm -hmm. are dropping weight relatively quickly. Um, You know, over the course of like a year, you can drop massive amounts of weight. Um, And it's healthy. It's actually, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not struggling with it. You're not sitting there starving all the time. Where, whereas like on Weight Watchers, you're pretty much guaranteed to be starving all the time. It's difficult. Mm -hmm. And like you said, your willpower is only so strong. So I honestly think, uh, there's, there's something going on there and that, um, basically they're just running scared. They see that these low carb diets are getting a lot of results. They see all the social media activity going on around it, all the forums, all the Facebook groups, extolling the virtues of low carb or keto diets or carnivore diets, and they have to wage war (laughs) while they do it. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that, uh, that, um, what's it called? Uh, Weight Watchers just took on Edelman, which is this P, this big PR company that also represents Coca-Cola and Kellogg's um, and Barilla. Um, you know, they're kind of one of the things that John Zahorek kind of uncovered in his um, his long Twitter thread where he's really diving into this kind of stuff is that uh, Edelman actually has something that they call the, the clover leaf. Um, and it's even like like uh, trademarked as the Edelman Cloverleaf framework. And it just goes in, he goes into how they've got these different um, paid media things where they can actually pay to have these stories put out there into the different uh, media places. And they talk about earned media where it's kind of like they put the message out there and then they get one of those stories to go uh, viral and that's considered earned media. And one of the most disturbing things is that part of their um, Cloverleaf, part of their framework is even the negative stuff like the response videos, like the video we're doing right now, is, fits mm-hmm. within that model. Because we're talking about keto crotch, that gets the word out there more, that gets the, the, the phrase out into the collective consciousness you know, so that it's on the mind and people will always be kind of, um, when they hear keto they're going to think keto crotch because it's just, it's yeah. out there. So we're yeah, partially kind of doing a disservice. If it's negative or people come out to debunk it, as long as it gets repeated enough and as long as it sticks into people's minds, then their job is done. Exactly. People are always going to have to defend against keto crotch now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's kind of, well, they want to get it to a point where people like associate it so strongly that as soon as anybody mm-hmm. says, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm doing the, the ketogenic diet because I've heard it's good for, you know, this autoimmune condition that I've got. People would be like, well, aren't, aren't you a little worried about keto crotch? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think another thing that John Zahor brought up in his Twitter thread is about how sinister some of these ad campaigns could be not necessarily just about keto crotch, but any product that a company will want to sell, they'll, it'll technically be a story about a certain thing. And 
really it's an advertisement mm-hmm. under the guise of being a story. So I think this whole keto crotch thing kind of falls into that because Dr. Barry said in that video, when he looked in the magazines, there's a stories on keto crotch, but there are also corresponding ads for Weight Watchers. So who's to say, well, I think we can say, I mean, Weight Watchers had an influence on whoever wrote that story. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, a, it, it's a technique, right? It's kind of like you just disparage this one thing and then you have a solution right there. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, I really want to lose weight, but this article says that my crotch is going to get stinky if I go on keto diet. Oh, maybe I'll try Weight Watchers. That's the old standby. <laughs> May as well go yeah, for Weight Watchers. Can tell if it's an ad or if it's a legitimate article. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it's called native content. Yeah. I think that's what it's called. Um, native, native advertising. Native advertising. Sorry, yes. It's called native advertising. Mm-hmm. And it's like, in most cases, it looks so similar to any other story that you can't tell. It's like the line is so blurred between advertising and actual news content that you have no idea. You just like, by yeah. just by reading it, like you have to be very weary, um, or sorry, leery, I think is what I meant to say. <laughs> to be very leery to be able to kind of tease apart and look at where this is coming from. And, you know, just reading these keto crotch stories, you're not, it's not immediately obvious that this is actually paid for content. I mean, it might, the fact of the matter is we don't even know for sure that it is. It certainly is very suggestive that it is, Yeah. but it's hard to say. It's not a smoking gun. It's very suspicious. Mm Mm-hmm as to the timing and we all know that there's a concerted effort to push for a a vegan or a vegetarian agenda and anything that falls outside of that is going to be demonized Mm -hmm. so it fits in perfectly with the time so yeah there's no reason to not be suspicious of it absolutely yeah yeah but keto crotch is only hate (laughs) I mean, people have been hating on keto since the days of Atkins. Yeah, yeah that's so. absolutely true. You know, it's funny. I remember back in the day, Atkins was always sold as a, a high-protein diet. They'd mm-hmm. always say, oh, yeah, it's a high-protein diet. You know, you eat lots of meat and all this kind of stuff. <coughs> Excuse me. And I remember it, it was debunked. I think it's when I was in nutrition school. And one of my, um, one of my teachers was uh, was – basically uh, going through different popular diets and kind of critiquing them for different things. And when he got to Atkins, he was like, it's not actually a high protein diet. It's a high fat diet. And everybody's like, oh my God, it's high fat. It's going to kill everybody. And it's funny because now everybody's like, yeah, it's high fat, low carb, high fat. That's the way it is. Mm -hmm. But um, it just goes to show that it's been, people have been trying to kind of debunk it for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Like that was like. I'm sure there's still people who think that Atkins died of a heart attack when he didn't die of yeah. a heart attack. Didn't he slip on the ice and hit his head or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that? yeah. Yeah. And I've also heard, oh yeah, Atkins died. He was he was 300 pounds or something like that. It's like, no, that's not true. He was not. Yeah. Well, that used to be the focus too, is of that the Atkins diet was, oh, you can't eat that much fat. It's bad for your heart. It's going to raise your cholesterol. And now all of a sudden, just in the last two weeks now it's that's kind of fallen out of favor and now it's the keto crotch (laughs) exactly it's not as gross (laughs) yeah well that's one of the other things that makes it seem like it's such a coordinated campaign is that the the term keto crotch it's like that's that's a mnemonic device it's an alliterative mnemonic device because it's got the two hard c sounds in there keto crotch and it's catchy, you know, mm-hmm. two syllable, one syllable, keto crotch. It's like, it's, it's constructed. I think that they, you know, these, these PR firms are like experts in coming up with these mnemonic things, things that will stick in your brain. So mm-hmm. I, I, that's Maybe another the, thing. The keto world should come up with carb crotch. Carb crotch. <laughs> yeah. And it's or, actually true. <laughs> I saw a bunch of these spreading around on Twitter actually. And I mean, it's a bit crass, but I thought, um, what was it called? Veggie vag or vegan vag? Maybe it was one of those things. 
So, yeah, I'm sure if we if we all put our heads together, we'll come up with something absolutely ferocious. <laughs> yeah, but um, there was actually um, an article um, from a couple of months back by Nina Takeholtz and uh, Jamie. Maybe you could pick that p- uh, pull that one up. It was called uh, Keto Myths and Facts. And it's really good because she goes through, I mean, first of all, it's it's good for showing how many um, myths have kind of been propagated in the mainstream media about the keto diet. And she just kind of goes through them one at a time. Like, I think there's uh, 10 points. Um, oh, no, 12, 13, 13, 13 points that she goes through um, of just different things that people have said about the ketogenic diet that don't hold any water you know Mm -hmm. ketogenic diet is bad for athletes it's bad for people who have diabetes which is the complete opposite of what's true it's actually very good for people who have diabetes it causes fatigue and flu-like symptoms it's like well yeah at the beginning when you're transitioning those things happen but you know when people are trying to disparage the diet they try and and act like those are things that will happen the whole time you're on it Oh, it causes fatigue and flu-like symptoms. It's like, well, most people go get over those things within, you know, a couple of weeks and they can, you can do some things for troubleshooting to get, to kind of shorten those things or the, the bad breath thing too. They really like to harp on the stink thing actually too. It's like, oh yeah, it changes your breath. That makes your breath stink. It's like, yeah, it does, but that goes away. Once your body, once you're adapted well, to it. They mention that in these mainstream articles that there are certain there's a certain period of time where you have to acclimate yourself to the ketogenic diet. And they act like, you know, if you're tired or if you have carb cravings or if your breath stinks for a little while, that that is how it's gonna be the whole time that you're doing the ketogenic diet. They do not stress that it's just the temporary adjustment period that pretty much everybody goes through. Mm-hmm. And it's really not that difficult. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. So, yeah. The uh the bad breath one. Yeah. They do focus on the stink because nobody wants to stink. Yeah. We're all social beings. Nobody <laughs> nobody wants to, you know, to walk around with plugging their noses or anything like that. Yeah. They Yeah, they go on about uh acne, insomnia if you're bloated or if you get constipated. Or uh, the opposite, yeah, disaster diarrhea. Yeah. yeah. Just temporary yeah. things. It's not anything that can't be managed. But one of the weirder things that I came across when people were disparaging the ketogenic diet is when they talk about how it'll stop your period. Now, that is something mm. I've never heard of either. They said because you're missing out on certain vital uh, vitamins and minerals that your period may stop or because you lose weight rapidly your period may stop mm. but there is a diet in which you hear a lot about women losing their periods and that is being a vegan yes yeah it, it it's funny that isn't it that they kind of take a, a side effect that's somewhat well known on the uh, vegan diet and they just throw it over to the carnivore one or the uh, keto one mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's the same with the bloating. You hear about people getting bloated lots with eating vegetables and fruits. Mm-hmm. And then when they switch to a low-carb, ketogenic, or carnivore diet, the bloat goes away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there is, I mean, there are probably people out there who suffer from these things when they go on a ketogenic diet. Maybe not the period one, but the uh, uh, bloating or something. I mean, it does, it, it's well known that it takes time to adjust. So it's like, yeah. yeah, you know, and there there's often some like um, adjustment period that goes on when you're not used to eating that much fat. You can you can have some digestive issues from eating a lot of fat to try and get your kind of ketone levels up, which is kind of why I think the carnivore diet is a better approach in a lot of ways, because you're not trying to hit some numbers of ketones or anything. You're not overeating like a lot of fat to try and get those ketones up. Um, but anyway, I mean that, that can take some time. And a lot of times it's like, you know, you're going to have to take like a a digestive enzyme for a little while until your body can kind of get used to eating this way. But again, it's a temporary thing. It's something that might need to be trouble, trouble shot, troubleshooted, troubleshot anyway. Um, so 
it's it's it isn't the end of the world but i mean there was actually an article in the telegraph recently that was talking about keto bloat and this one is just it's just ridiculous it's like the guy he doesn't say anywhere in it he's like oh i did the keto diet and here's everything that's wrong with it and one of them is keto bloat and then he goes through all these other things that oh yeah this is terrible for this reason and this reason but the thing is it's it's like it doesn't say how long he was doing the diet for so again yeah first month maybe you're going to have uh, some of these symptoms but uh you know, I mean, he's a journalist. I'm sure he wasn't doing it for a year, right? It's kind of like, I have an idea for a story. I'm going to go on a low-carb diet, and then I'm going to shit all over it. And lo and behold, oh, I've got bloat. Oh, I couldn't sleep. Oh, I was having food cravings. Yeah, okay. Well, how long did you do it for? A week. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's the worst week of my life. The other thing you said was it's expensive. <laughs> Which is interesting because usually when you transition to low or no carbs, your food cost goes down because you're not eating as much. You're not hungry all the time. You're not snacking. And yeah, you're not buying a lot of processed foods either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, like any diet, it's like, it's, it's like there's an expensive way to do it and there's a cheap way to do it. You figure it out. <laughs> you know, yeah. it comes down to troubleshooting yet again. It's like, yeah, if you're eating like ribeye steaks and super fine french cheese and all these other all things yeah. yeah 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 i mean those things are, those things are going to cost more but um it's certainly not difficult to do the keto diet on a budget well i think that a lot of these haters too i mean a lot of them say that um if you are cutting out an entire food group, then that's not healthy. You're missing out on a lot of important vitamins and minerals. Oh, yeah. I think they failed to realize that the ketogenic diet is not traditionally thought of as no carb. It right. is low carb. Some people eat up to like 50 to 100 uh, grams of carbs a day and still mm -hmm. can stay in ketosis, depending on you know what your individual physiology is. So that is disingenuous in itself because you can still eat carbs on a ketogenic diet. Yeah. Yeah, just not a lot of them. And, you know, what yeah. are all these, you know, magical nutrients that they're talking about anyway? Especially when never... <laughs> it's like, especially when they're talking about grains. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. don't cut out grains. My God, you're going to miss out on all those nutrients. It's like grains are about the most nutrient deficient thing in our diets, in the human diet. Like there's nothing in there. Yeah. But what about the fiber, guys? What about oh, the fiber? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, um, I don't know. I don't know if we should go into the whole fiber thing. I mean, I think that in general, we could say that fiber is generally exaggerated as far as how much is needed in the human diet. Humans mm -hmm. do quite well with zero fiber. And in fact, if people have digestive issues like IBS or Crohn's, a lot of them actually find that eliminating fiber from the diet is very helpful. And yeah. There's, I mean, there's a, we, maybe we should do a show on fiber at some point, actually, because there's a lot to go into on fiber, but, um, it's really pushed by doctors, especially on people who have IBS or Crohn's disease or something, which is really the last thing they need because it just irritates the hell out of their guts and they never get better. It just prolongs their suffering. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, yeah, we can do a show on fiber. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the, the idea that it's something that's essential, I think, is is just yeah. nonsense. I do yeah, think that maybe some people need some fiber, but very few, if any, people need the amount of fiber that, say, I don't know, like a vegan gets. <laughs> They're fiber overloaded. Yeah, and as if you're a person that's used to eating a lot of fiber and your bowels get stretched out, you may, may need to slowly decrease the amount of fiber until your bowels get used to having a lower amount of volume in them mm -hmm. in order to successfully adjust. But at any rate, yeah. that's what the keto haters are always going on about fiber. Mm -hmm. Fiber. Yeah. You need your fiber. Or that it's not, it's not sustainable, that you can't live your life eating keto. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Jillian Michaels 
I think it was in the last month or so. Mm -hmm. Came out hating on keto. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she used to be one of the the trainers on that show, The Biggest Loser, which I've never seen. I've never seen she it either. That says healthy, no, healthy body, happy mommy. She has yeah. a whole video series too for, for mm. women. Again, feeding into that whole fitness fad, weight mm. loss. So a lot she, of women probably read her. Yeah. She's yeah, she's really popular, popular, I think. Her own line of products too. Mm -hmm. So she came out against the, the ketogenic diet. And she actually came out and admitted that it's good for insulin resistance. It's neuroprotective, which is good for epilepsy and Alzheimer's. Um, so if it's good for all of those things, why can't it be good long-term? I mean, do you only need to worry about those things for a month and then they're, they're done. You don't have to think about them anymore, but she is another one that says that it's not good for long-term and you need your fruits and vegetables and vitamins and minerals. And one of the things she said is that it's bad because it doesn't restrict calories and she's all about yeah. calorie restriction. And they were big on that, on The Biggest Loser, from what I've read about uh, calorie restriction. And she says something about um, how the ketogenic diet doesn't talk about which kinds of fats and proteins are ideal. Oh and God. she says that uh, saturated fat is bad for you, of course. And she of says course. that saturated fat shreds our telomeres, which... If I can find some proof behind that, then you know maybe I would support Jillian Michaels. But it sounds like a bunch of crap. So she's yeah. still one of those people who thinks that saturated fat is bad for you and it's going to make you have a heart attack. Yeah, I mean everything that she disparaged about the the ketogenic diet was basically just straw man arguments. Like it doesn't emphasize mm -hmm. what kind of fat. Like where what source is she using for her ketogenic information? It's like any anything I've ever seen that's telling you how to do a ketogenic diet talks a lot about fat and the types mm -hmm. of fat, the good fat versus the bad fat, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's probably not going to be the same perspective that Jillian Michaels has that saturated yeah. fat is really bad for you because it's not. But I wonder actually if anybody's ever done a follow-up with uh, those biggest loser people to see if they managed to keep the, keep the weight off. They don't. They yeah, don't. I didn't think so. <laughs> That's the same why as the Weight Watchers. Have like a reunion show because they're all fat again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like, why haven't you ever done a, a reunion show? Hmm. I wonder. Yeah. Well, Jillian Michaels, this, well, while she said that the ketogenic diet can increase sensitivity, she says, oh, there's a better way to do it where you don't have to eat a lot of fat. You can just exercise. <laughs> Just exercise and calorie restrict and everything will be okay. I mean, maybe that worked for her because she, I think she used to get teased when she was at school and she weighed 172 pounds at five foot two. And maybe it does work for some people, but for uh, the vast majority of people, especially as you get up in age, that diet and calorie restriction is a recipe for disaster. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, she's really big on the exercise. That, yeah, from Dr. Noakes, you can't exercise away a bad diet. So even if you're eating all those Weight Watcher products and you're spending <laughs> three hours in the gym every day, it's you're not going to see a difference. Oh, there's a headline. Six years after The Biggest Loser, metabolism is slower and weight is back up. Well, there you go. Not really yeah. a big surprise. I mean, I'm sure you could find... Uh, uh, information on Weight Watchers people too, and it would be the exact same thing. Metabolism mm -hmm. slower, weight back up. That's what calorie restriction yeah, does, like long term. Yeah, there's been numerous studies on that. Yeah, yeah, and it goes back years too. It was like um, yeah. even Ansel Keys before he did his absolutely terrible seven countries study did a a study where he was like starving people. It was like conscientious objectors to the the Second World War. He, uh, he yeah. took them and starved them to see what would happen. And like, yeah, it was the same kind of thing. Like people, they they lost weight, but then their metabolism slowed right down. Uh, they couldn't even like heal properly from wounds and things. 
And, uh, yeah, and then, of course, as soon as they were able to, they just gorged, like absolutely mm. gorged on food. We're eating, like, 5,000 to 10,000 calories of food and, you know, started to put, like, their weight shot right up. So, mm. you Was know. Was this the same study where they fed the guys, like, 1,500 calories a day mm -hmm. and they were all, like as a study went on, they became like obsessed with food. They were thinking yeah. about it and talking about it all the time. And they were absolutely miserable. And yeah. 1500 calories a day is around the amount of calories that people who want to put you on a calorie restricted diet say that you should eat. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah. So and they were, I'll do that. <laughs> I remember Gary Taubes was writing about it in uh, good calories, bad calories. And he was talking about how they started watering down their soup to make it last longer. Mm -hmm. And they were trading recipe cards. They would like, <laughs> you know, it's like they've got like cards of recipes. And they'd be trading them, like just obsessed with food. And they all get depressed too, like super depressed. Yeah. Cold all the time. Yeah. It's not, it's not a good dietary strategy. Whereas the keto diet is a good dietary strategy. I would argue. Well, and going back to the article that you mentioned by Nina Teckles about mm -hmm. the myths and, and truths, and um, she's talking about how, you know, so many off, so many of these quotes by like Jillian Michaels or these other articles aren't based on any science at all. They don't provide any sources for their claims, mm -hmm. and uh, they have actually little experience with it. They've never, you know, they don't do it for a year and then come back and report. And then they kind of all just parrot the same thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes, as you said earlier, this meme, and there's no, there's no real backing in any of their claims. And yeah. it's really saying it's from a journalistic perspective, it's, it's the lack of balance of viewpoints and failure to back up the claims with evidence that's causing the issue. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's uh, John Zahorik was talking about that in his thread too, where there's what he, you know, the paid experts. And it's kind of like, mm -hmm. there's these people out there and they might be doctors or dietitians or nutritional scientists, you know, anybody who essentially like just who has letters next to their name, you know, it's like, they're the expert and you can hire these people to talk about a topic that they really don't know anything about especially when you're talking about something like the ketogenic diet, which is actually quite complicated. And they'll just be like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm a dietitian, even though I've never studied the ketogenic diet for more than about 10 minutes, and I think it sucks. And, and then, you know, they'll, they'll give you a, a quote about keto crotch. They'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, it, it can happen where um, when you switch the ketogenic diet, it uh, changes the pH, uh, pH balance of your body, which can result in vaginal odor. And it's like, well, they don't know what they're just making it up. It doesn't actually exist. Well, and when they do cite, you know, what people would think would be credible sources, it's like the Lancet Public Health or the Harvard researchers, and they're basically just saying low carb can kill you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it becomes like a scare tactic to steer steer people away from keto. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what it's all about. Yeah, I mean, that gets back to the whole, you know. Um, native advertising kind of thing where mm -hmm. as long as you've got an expert in there, it's fine. You know, they've got some letters next to their name. They're a dietitian from X school. Then yeah, that's good enough. That's, that's evidence. Well, there's a, there's an expert uh, quoted in there. So it must be true. Yeah. And to the average person, you don't necessarily even need to be a nutrition or a doctor, a nutritionist or a doctor to be deemed credible. Like you can just be a fitness coach like Jillian Michaels, as mm. long as, you know, you look good and you have abs or whatever, Yeah, <laughs> they're going to follow your advice because they want to look like you. I mean, it's really playing on people's vanity in a lot of cases. But the thing is with people who actually, actually, you know, try the ketogenic diet, they've been through numerous different diets. I'm sure there's mm -hmm. a lot of people who you know, a carnivore diet who did Weight Watchers at one point. And they pretty much tried everything. And they say, well, let me try the ketogenic diet. And lo and behold, it actually works for a lot of their issues. Yeah. 
So they may not look like Jillian Michaels or these other fitness coaches at the end because they've been through so much for so long. Mm -hmm. They may never look like that, but they still, you know, the average person still wants to look like a fitness coach. And Yeah, totally. I mean, that's the thing, too. There's 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 like a lot of there's a lot to be said about like genetics and things like that too like certain Mm -hmm. people just are built to look good that's what they 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 are they have like that they won the lottery as far as looks go right i mean the average person even if they go on a ketogenic diet and are doing it kind of perfectly they're eating their perfect diet they're not going to look like jillian michaels probably you know, there's yeah. there's uh, people come in all kinds of different shapes and sizes, and it's not necessarily natural or healthy for everybody to have abs. I mean, part of this come gets into the whole uh, uh, beauty myth idea, like the the fact that we have this kind of ideal that's put forward that everybody, you know, if you're if you're healthy, you look like this. But realistically, mm-hmm. there's lots of different shapes and sizes. Um, not everybody is going to have abs just because they go on the keto diet or the carnivore diet. So I mean, that's probably why this meme is taking off so well in like women's magazines and you know these types of publications that feed into just what you're talking about, Doug. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't want to read more than the headline and the little summary, and then they look at the picture and then they think, well, that could be me, Mm -hmm. and I can eat whatever I want, and I can have my Weight Watchers chocolate bar, and I'll be good. (laughs) Exactly. And unfortunately, as we know, with like the statistics with the biggest losers, that's not a reality. It does take discipline and commitment and troubleshooting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big thing, too. I mean, people expect easy answers, so... Um, I mean, the ketogenic diet is not, it, it's not necessarily easy. Like you were saying, it's like you, you, a lot of people do have to do some troubleshooting to really figure it out. There are no easy answers, folks. Yeah. There's a lot more to be gained from eating a low carbohydrate diet, like keto or carnivore. Carnivore. It's not just weight loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, people had benefits in numerous other areas like their mental functioning, like if they had some kind of mental health diagnosis, that goes away. They're getting off their meds, their blood pressure goes down, their diabetes improves or goes away. I mean, not all of everything, any benefit that you see with ketogenic diet is just in the way that you look. And also sometimes it takes years, like things like eczema Mm -hmm. or you know, ingrown toenails or dandruff. I mean, these can take years to get rid of, but once you're consistent with it, after two or three years, you start to see these reoccurring ailments that people have had since childhood completely disappear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, they're even using experimentally, mind you, but they're even using the ketogenic diet in cancer just to see, see if that works. I mean, and originally it was done for epilepsy, right? for yeah. seizures so yeah weight loss is kind of like a beneficial side effect yeah autoimmune disorders i mean if you look at michaela peterson mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. her childhood arthritis that she got rid of just by cutting out the, all the carbs and her extreme depression mm-hmm. i mean even if you're you know not looking like a supermodel i mean having mental clarity and not not wanting to get out of bed every morning can be completely life-changing yeah absolutely but that's not that's not sexy that's <laughs> yeah. not you can't a mnemonic device out of keto and autoimmune <laughs> disorder <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really flow off the tongue in the same way as keto crotch yeah. i'm keto and i'm not psychotic anymore <laughs> <laughs> keto anti-psychotic yeah it doesn't have the same <laughs> ring to it yeah. Well, do we have anything else to say about this? Don't believe the hype. Don't believe the hype. It's true. I mean, I guess the lesson to be learned from this is that when you see these kinds of things traveling through headlines, um, be, well, I guess be cautious what you believe. As far, I mean, that applies to anything in the mainstream media, really. It's like it's, they, they've proven themselves over and over again to be the least trustworthy. 
Like you'd probably be better off just going up to a stranger on the street and asking them something. But of course, they're going to be informed by the mainstream media anyway. So maybe that's not the case. Mm-hmm. But honestly, like these things, they, they're propagating for a reason. And when you see something yeah. showing up in multiple places um, that's catchy and that clearly has an agenda, then you should be very, very cautious about what you believe and where it's actually coming from. And you can kind of see it across, at least in the health and wellness world, across the board. I, I liken it to kind of the vaccine thing, too. You know, all mm-hmm. this information that's coming out, you get credible scientists doing research, raising really important questions. And then all of a sudden, it's like, well, you're an anti-vaxxer. Mm-hmm. You know, so now you're an anti-car, you're an anti-carber. And it's easy <laughs> to just have have you know, little one word or two word memes to just shut the argument down. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of the the modus operandi, whether it's big food or big pharma or big agriculture, is the agenda is to not lose profit share. Mm-hmm. Because all yeah. those things make money. Yeah. And if you're taking charge of your own health and wellness, you're cutting into their profits. <laughs> and that's not good business for them. No. No. Okay, well, maybe we should go to Zoya's pet health segment, um, where she is also talking about the ketogenic diet, but for dogs. So that should be very interesting. <laughs> And welcome to the pet health segment of the Health and Wellness Show. If you are a regular listener of the show, you know about the benefits of the ketogenic diet for humans. But it is also beneficial for animals as well, especially for dogs with cancer. Watch the following video and learn about amazing recovery story made possible by specialists from a small animal sanctuary called KetoPet. And don't forget to watch a funny video in the end. Have a great weekend and goodbye. Hemangiosarcoma is one of the most aggressive cancers in the world. They say if your dog gets it, there's no coming back. With that, let me tell you the story of a once pregnant dog named Callie. They went to see via ultrasound um, how big the litter was. And what they discovered was something very interesting. They were expecting to find a litter of puppies, but what they found was one heartbeat. She had one puppy, and the remaining mass was actually a tumor mass in the form of mangiosarcoma. Because of all the cancer, their hopes were Callie would at least live long enough that the puppy could be weaned. Anyone who has an understanding of cancer knows that hemangiosarcoma is deadly. Uh, in most instances, chemotherapy and radiation isn't even offered. Hanging on by a thread just to wean her puppy, phone call was made that would change this dog's life forever and that's when we came into the picture and said hey look don't put Callie down we started off doing a pet CT and then along that initial scan they found five or six spots along this dog's body we were the only one using it in veterinary medicine on the second scan it was down to three spots we were testing their blood glucose blood ketones we thought you know we might have a chance with this dog and by scan number three the tumors were gone and within 120 days of applying the ketogenic diet, we saw a complete reversal of the cancer as evidenced by a PET CT scan. What we're trying to do is push glucose down and bring ketones up. And we've continued to follow with both CT and with ultrasound, and so far no masses have reappeared. They can no longer find the hemangiosarcoma. So she's definitely been sort of a, a poster child case for us. And what makes this so unbelievable is that you can just go to your local supermarket and create this diet. There's no like secret formula, right? There's no secret pill. We believe the food is doing the heavy lifting. More so, I can just write it on a napkin and say, here you go. And what makes Keto Pets and this nutritional intervention so powerful is that they have the world's top metabolic doctors, PET scans, and tissue samples to back up their results. We have a veterinary team, we have veterinary oncologists, so we want to do stuff and say things that no one else can say and do things that nobody else is doing. That's what we want to do. Pet parents, they want their dogs surviving as long as possible with a quality of life 
which is equally important. We, we anticipate and expect that these dogs will be with us for a very, very long time, and Callie's representative of that. By any standard, she's crushed the survivorship curve. Oh my gosh, what the heck? Oh my gosh, oh, oh my gosh you guys. What the heck happened here? Look at this mess. All right, which one of you did this? Which one of you guys did this? <laughs> that ketogenic diet for dogs that yeah. that was pretty amazing i mm -hmm. didn't actually know that you could do that with dogs well if they're eating a species appropriate diet that just so happens to be ketogenic you know why not yeah yeah both pretty my amazing. dogs are on a ketogenic diet oh yeah and one of them is uh, going to be 14 this year. And she has some uh, fatty cysts on her body and whatnot. And um, she still keeps moving around and doing good. So hmm. and they don't get anything but just straight raw meat. <laughs> Carnivore. Carnivore. Yeah. Cool. Okay, well, that's our show for today, folks. Thanks very much for joining us. Um, Join us again next time when we'll have another exciting health topic to cover. Maybe fiber, but maybe not. Yeah. No promises. Yeah. We certainly won't be talking about crotches for a while. <laughs> no promises, though. <laughs> for a while. For a while. Okay. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.